welcome to this edition of the Reigning in Ray podcast, a subdivision, a spinoff of the Basic Bible podcast. This is the chance for you, the listener, to determine what we're going to talk about. So, I introduce to you the man on my right, far right, <laughs> the Ray of Reigning in Ray, Ray Jewel. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. It's good to be back again. We've... Uh... Still having issues with COVID, but uh, things are starting to get a little bit more normal. Well, I'm vaccinated, so I'm normal again. Well, I'm getting there. (laughs) I don't know if you're ever going to get back to normal. I don't know if you ever had it. I don't. Well, my normal is different than everybody else's normal. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, this is, this is uh, a lot of fun. Typically, we get some really interesting questions thrown our way. But I, I want to start some really disturbing questions. Well, well. yeah. But you, you you want to kick things off with a big announcement here. Yeah. Well, I am uh, just recently been hired as the development director for the Beloit Chainsaw Symphony Orchestra. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, our upcoming season, we we're coming back uh, from the COVID issues with a full slate of concerts for the year, starting June 29th, as part of the. Tuesday at the Marv in Janesville, June 29th, will be our patriotic concert that we historically have done every, you know, as long as I can remember the orchestra being around doing that. It will be at the Roth uh, Pavilion in Janesville in front of the courthouse there. And then July 4th will be part of the City of Beloit celebration of the 4th of July. This year, all that uh, stuff, festivities will be at um, Pullman Field. Uh, So we're working in conjunction with the city and with uh, the Snappers and whatever their new name's going to be when they finally get around to doing that. But and which I hope is never. Well, me, I mean, I like the Snappers. I think it fits for the for the area and all that stuff. But anyway, Uh, but yeah, we're excited about that. The the biggest. Excitement. The biggest part of this season is we're doing the Nutcracker oh. this year with the uh, performing ballet troops coming together to be a part of that. Uh, semi-professional, I guess, but still. And that there'll be four um, four concerts of that in December, the weekend before Christmas. So it'd be Friday night. Saturday at 2, Saturday night at 7.30, and Sunday at 2. Um, they're going to have uh, premier seating for those who want to sit in the first two rows or uh, up in the first row of the balcony for $35 for adults, and then the uh, rest of the seating will be the typical $20. And then kids, normally we don't charge for kids, but because this is such a big deal and we want you know everybody to... Uh, enjoy it but we you know it's going to cost us more to put on we're charging ten dollars for uh, for kids i don't know what the age limit is on that but um anyway yeah you could just uh you know we're going to have the publicity out for the full season soon and uh you know just my my primary job is asking for money, so don't be surprised if I start asking uh, people for a donation to, uh, to the orchestra. And 
Uh, we're excited about the season. We're glad to be back and uh, ready to jump off in a, in a good way with the uh, 4th of July concert. So you're kicking things off on June 29th. That is correct. Is that just an elaborate scheme, knowing that that's my birthday? <laughs> it's just like a big secret birthday party that you're trying to, to hold for me? Well, you know, uh, I'd forgotten it was your birthday, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, a guy doesn't turn 27 every day, you know. Yeah, right, well... <laughs> anyway. But, actually, I'll be, on, I'll be in New Orleans on that day. Oh, that's right. That's I'll right. be on my big trip. Well, I tell you what, though, that's pretty nice of Bob Jones University to pay for your birthday trip. It is. That's it great. is. Now, I hope they do something special for me, but instead, I'm pretty sure I'll be sitting through some lectures. What, yeah, um, I suppose. Curriculum and what, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> let's get to some questions. We had a lot of questions to get through. Yes, we do, because we had some leftover from last time. Yes, we're going to kick things off with my old friend from high school, J.D. Adams. So, J.D., Thanks for, for listening to the podcast. And here's his question. So follow Wait, me. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, that's a paragraph. That's not a question. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. I think my scope of our creator was slighted. God is everything, which goes beyond man and woman, both at the same time in harmony. I was raised to think a man blessed the womb of a woman with Jesus but I'm sure there's a missing book we didn't bring to America that would somehow leave that possibility to interpretation. Who better than to manipulate a woman's body, right? Now, I'm not sure exactly what the question is, J.D., so um, if you want to ask for, you know, if you want to clarify a few things, let me, uh, I take a part, uh, I take this part in a couple ways. Parsis? <laughs> yeah, parsis. Um, so... God is everything which goes beyond man and woman, both at the same time in harmony. So, I'd start there. God is everything which goes beyond man. So, I would agree that God is not necessarily male or female. Yet, that's God does reveal himself in scripture using the masculine noun, masculine pronouns. So, God's pronouns is he and him um, throughout scripture. Um, but I would agree that he transcends our. Every so often, though, there, there there are a couple of places where the illustration is used of gathering, uh, like you know, a mother hen, yeah, with children and stuff. But as far as you know, I would, I, I I would just say that it's best to just let God be God. <laughs> Yeah, and not worry too much about what gender God is. I mean, I'm not going to start going around saying God she, because again, that's you know what you're getting at, Kevin. Is it's not the normal way. In fact, it's not the way at all. It's always God He, God the Father. Um, so yeah, I think that. You know, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who want. And I've heard him talk about God she. And I think I, I, I suspect that's more of a cultural uh, setting thing that's been manipulated somewhat by feminism. Yeah. Uh, so I know. So I just let scripture speak for scripture. Yeah. Um, that's, and, usually, and, that's usually the best way to right. do it. Yeah, I do remember uh, reading a few years ago the big 
the big thing in evangelicalism was The Shack. Hmm. The book The Shack and it became a movie. I've never seen the movie. Uh, but in the book, I did take the time to read the book, and it basically God is portrayed as a, a, a black woman. Yes. Which, ooh, let's let's go ahead and get the taboo stuff out there. Let's make this as, as controversial as we can. Um, and, I, and I get what the author was trying to accomplish there, mm-hmm. trying to break our minds of of traditional thinking of God. Um, but again, I have to look at what Scripture says yeah. as my ultimate authority. And Scripture reveals God is using masculine pronouns and nouns, and I'm just going to stick with that. So I, I don't. Um, I, I do think that again, again, God transcends our what we consider our gender norms and whatnot. Right. We, we're not going to make God into a man. Right. Um, and that goes to the next sentence here. I was raised to think that a man blessed the woman, the womb of a woman, with Jesus. Um, and so, really, I, 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 I think mean, it, I, I think where he's going with this is if, if, if God is male, uh-huh. it's God who impregnated well, God the Mary. Holy Spirit right not God the Father right <laughs> um, and so yeah I, I, I get that that's where Trinitarian theology is important yes to make those distinctions we're not talking about a sexual union at all no um, not to any degree shape or form when it comes to um, I mean if, if we were talking about a sexual union, it's no different than the polytheistic religions that they were dealing right. with, where they right. had consorts, that the gods had consorts and, you know, multiple ones and stuff. And, and I mean, it, this would make Christianity a, sh- a, a sham. Right. It really would. And that's, we don't need that. We don't need to even really go there. So then I'm sure there's a missing book we didn't bring to America that would somehow leave the possibility to interpretation. Well, remember that the Bible is not a made-in-America product. Nope. Um, not, even time, made in, not even made in London. <laughs> right. Um, so I mean, we're talking uh, early first century uh, A.D. or C.E., however you want to throw that out there. Um so we're talking long before 1776 or long before 1620 when the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. Um, they did take Bibles over, but it, they, you know, it, this was a well-established thing long before. Um, I mean, the Bible as we know it today compiled um, basically, what, 3rd, 4th century A.D.? Um, and, and I don't want to get into all of the... what we call canonization how did we get the bible that we have today because there were you know we have the six the 66 canonical books of the bible and that has been recognized from uh, basically the third century on the third fourth century on um and there's always those kind what about you know you can look on the uh national geographic channel or discovery channel what about the lost books of the bible the Gospel of Timothy, or well, the, the Gnostic, the, uh, Gnostic Gospels, Gospels yeah. basically, is what they're looking for. Which, the, you know, my, I mean, there's several problems with that, but the biggest one is the contradictions <laughs> between the Bible and the Gnostic Gospels. Right. 
I mean, in the Gnostic Gospels, Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene and had children. I mean, that, you know, another book that was really hot there at one time was The Da Vinci Code. Right. I mean, I read the book and I watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. And then, then after the movie, it just sort of died down because right. the movie wasn't true to the book. Well, I remember <laughs> when, when it first all came out, this was like, there was this panic uh, at, among people in the church that, oh no, this could, this could be really an onslaught of persecution and attacks. And it just, like you said, it just died out. Just like yeah. every other attack on scripture yep. um, has died out yep. and scripture still remains. Yeah, I mean, you don't even hear anybody talk about either that or the shack anymore. I no. mean, the shack was big. Not as big as the Da Vinci Code, but this is how big the Da Vinci Code was in the day. Uh, William Lane Craig had come to Lincoln when I was there for a lectureship, and he ate lunch with some of us, and he was telling us he was headed after he was done with our event up to Minnesota to talk on the original uh, topic was the last temptation of Christ, hmm. but they had changed that. That's passe. Talk about the Da Vinci Code. Right. Yeah, last yeah. temptation of Christ was 1980s. Was yeah, like yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. But you know, that's well, that's. But the the thing about it, the, you know, the Da Vinci Code was up there for quite a while. But like I said, I think the movie killed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and I hope all of you in the audience just caught that casual name drop of yeah I was eating lunch with <laughs> William Lane Craig and um, well I, I even rode in his car man <laughs> okay so um, who better than to manipulate a woman's body right so I think that's where we, we, we get to the question of um, male and female relations and um, patriarchy and all of that and I think we can agree, even though, I mean, you're egalitarian, I'm complementarian. I think we both agree that throughout history, men have been guilty of exercising um, undue forceful leadership mm -hmm. um, that has led to abuse. Yes. And so um, we do want to recognize things like simply uh, body autonomy. The idea that, um, no, women are not to... And this is, okay, now I'm going to get a little controversial here. I was reading this, this post on Facebook about a quote from John MacArthur, who had said that, in this quote it said, all women are to be subject to all men. And I said, no, I don't think MacArthur actually said, that sounds like, you know, really bad, but I'm sure he didn't say, well, I challenged the person on this, said, oh, no, here's the sermon. And I, and I looked it up like, oh, yeah, he said it. Oh, wow. um, which is wrong. It is, mm -hmm. it is absolutely a twisting of scripture, yep. and it is wrong. Men are, women are not. Even if you are a complementarian like me, I, I, I do not believe that all women are to be subject to all men. It does say um, that women are to be wives are to be subject to their husbands, and we can debate and, and, and about what that means. Yeah. But never does scripture ever say all women are to be subject or subservient. Right. To all men, that leads or, to abuse. Or, That's or evil. second-class citizens, right? I mean, that was the culture of the first century you know, world. Was you know, that, I mean, that was reality. 
And I think that's why Jesus and the, uh, the other writers, the writers of the New Testament, go out of their way, actually, for a patriarchal society to have people make the kinds of statements about the, the role and the, the, uh, the position, the privilege of being a woman. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just, uh, again, that thinking. I mean, I, frankly, I'm appalled it still exists in our, in our yeah. uh, Christian world today, in this country anyway. I don't know about the other part of the world. But, uh, I mean, it, it really, and let's remember that, that and, and racism are the two yeah. things that just make me really well, and let's scratch remember, my head. Well, biblical that? leadership is servanthood. Yes. Um, if you want to take the leadership, that's fine, man, but recognize what that is. That's not authoritarian. That's, that's not coming home, putting your legs up and saying, give me my slippers, woman. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know what would happen if I did that. <laughs> uh, I'd get the slippers, but it wouldn't be on my feet. Um, but, and yeah, and I say that all lovingly toward my wife, yeah. uh, just in case she's listening. Uh, but yeah, we, we want to be very careful to avoid um, that idea uh, that women are just, like, as you said, second class citizens who. No, I think in in the course of history, when you look at when Christianity has come to a particular nation, the status of women has been yeah. lifted up, yeah. and and I think we need to continue that. Yeah. Um, and I and I think as even as Christians, we need to speak up when we see. That's why you know when the whole hashtag Me Too came out, I thought that was a great thing mm -hmm. um, because harassment and abuse and. Um, all of that behavior needs to be called out for what it, it's, it's evil and it's wicked and it's not of God. Yeah. Um, okay. So, J.D., I hope that answers your question. I don't know if it does or not. <laughs> if, we under, if we understood the question yeah. correctly. <laughs> um, but feel free, and, and, and I, honestly, you know, we're up for dialogue and we're up for, for conversation. And, J.D., I think you know that about me. We've had some good conversations, and I respect you. Um, you're a good guy. Just, just recently married. Oh, well, congratulations. And um, I haven't met his new wife. He didn't ask me permission oh, or well. didn't get my opinion on stuff. For some reason, he just felt like uh, he had the authority to do that by himself, but yeah. okay. But anyway, um, so, J.D., you, that, you take care what, of your wife and your son. That's what love will do um, to you. <laughs> you. You should see his the pictures of he and his son on Instagram and whatnot. It's yeah. pretty cool. Okay. Uh, so anyway, J.D., thank you for the question. All right, Kirby. Kirby Church uh, from... The great faith, uh, faith community state church state line. line says, with all the hate and disagreements going on, how do you put up with rage? No. Um, <laughs> how do you make your point of view valid and not sound judgmental while making it? Um, what I like about this question, Kirby, is that you're not just saying it's time to shut up mm -hmm. uh, because there's so much. But how do I do this? How do I engage people in a respectful way, I think, is yeah. really the question. So, Ray, I'll, I'll throw that to you. Well, the first thing that, that you got to do, Kirby, is uh, get to know people. You know, I make it a point of hanging out with people that I disagree with um, within the church, but even outside the church. Now, with COVID, that's been harder to do, but 
You know, you get to know people, you get to know what they're thinking, you pray for them, you pray for yourself in those situations. Because the, the purpose of dialogue in uh, you know, decent speech and uh, that kind of stuff is to ultimately live the gospel yeah. in front of other people. Um, and I mean, I've got friends who might come completely opposite of me, uh, and and yet I might be closer to them than I would be a fellow believer. Mm. It's just the way it is sometimes. Because you know, if we can if we can get involved in in uh, respectful discourse. And not cop an attitude that, well, you know, you're wrong. Even though that may be what we feel, I learn from other people. That's one of the reasons I put myself out there is to learn from others. And uh, it helps me to formulate my, my logic better, my argumentation better. Um, without confident attitude. Yeah. I would say two things. First, seek to understand what the other person is saying before yeah. giving your opinion. Yeah. Um, not just how am I going to respond to this person, but what is this person actually saying? Where is this person coming from? What's valid about what they have to say? And, and able to repeat that in a way that they would understand. Okay. You um, understand. <laughs> right. Well, I'm saying that, that, that they would recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, seek to understand, not just to respond. But I, I like how you phrase this question, Kirby. How do you make your, your point of view valid? Because first, not every point of view is valid. Right. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it's a good one. Um, and doesn't mean it needs to be taken seriously. You know, like, I give the illustration, you know, the drunk uncle at dinner. Um, you know what? He can spout off all he wants to, but if he doesn't know anything, he doesn't know anything and he should shut up. Um, I well, I think reading into what she's asking though has more to do how do we get others to view our view of Christianity as yeah. valid you know, what do we, how do we go about getting that accomplished well let me say what I was going to say first. Oh, okay. I'm taking this direction I want to take it but I thought I was well yeah that's right you're reining me in okay. yes I'm reining okay but anyway see this is an example of what not to do. You shouldn't be shouting at other people. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, what, what I was shout? I saying before? I was so rudely interrupted. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So making your viewpoint valid. Um, not every viewpoint is valid. And so, um, you know, if you asked me about some sort of gourmet cooking or gourmet meal, um, if it's not fast food, I'm not really – my opinion doesn't count in those areas. Um or you want to ask me about, like we do have a question about sports. I have no business answering sports questions. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But I certainly have an opinion. Um, but it's not really valid. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so first, know, make sure you know what you're talking about. Um, make sure you're, and this is one of the things I like about, uh, we have a mutual friend, Vivian. Shout out mm -hmm. to Vivian if she's listening. I don't think she is, but she should be. Yep. Anyway, uh, one of the things I like about Vivian is she makes sure, before she starts spouting off online, she does do her homework. 
Yeah. And she can cite statistics and their sources and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so make sure you're, you're actually well-versed in what you're saying before you give your opinion. So just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you should share it. So getting to what Ray was saying, okay, how do I make Christianity sound more plausible? Is that... Yeah. And I, I, I think the key is they got to see it in you. Yeah. Um, before, you know... <laughs> I used to, it used to be a big thing. I don't know if it still is or not, because I don't hang out in malls anymore or even in parks. But I've had people come up to me and say, "Are you saved?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Saved from what?" Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> That's, you know, but they don't even know who I am, and they're asking me that yeah. kind of a question. That's just the wrong approach. Right. And I mean, you you strike up a conversation, you get to know, you introduce yourself, you get to know other people, you show that you're interested in that person, and then, you know, when you finally get to the place where they they um, start accepting you as who for who you are, then you can be sharing the truth as you live the truth. Or otherwise, you're just like, you know, you go to the airport and the Hare Krishnas come up to you and they're like, stay away. And yeah. that's, and that's, you know, we got to take down walls as much as we can. Right. I, I think that that's very true. Um, let me add that I, I do think to some degree you're not going to – just accept the fact that you're not going to sound reasonable to some people yeah. no matter what you do because um, – to the world, this is foolish. First Corinthians one, right. the gospel is a foolish concept to many people. To the to the unregenerate, what you have to say about a guy who lived long, long time ago, died, but he didn't really die. He rose up again. Now he's living in the sky somewhere. So you're closing your eyes to your imaginary god. That's weird. Your sky god. It does sound weird. Yeah. And, and just accept that. Um, the Holy Spirit does have to. Uh, break down some barriers, and so and, you, you got to know who your audience is. Yeah, I mean, like when I, you know, in my writings that we post on the Basic Bible Podcast uh, Facebook page every day, unless I miss it once in a, once in a blue moon. Uh, my audience are Christians; they're not unbelievers, so I right. can use yeah. the the Christian lingo. Uh, even though I don't want to get too technical in that, it's a devotional commentary. But um, people know what I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about, but people know what you're talking well, about. Well, you know. <laughs> well, I'm, pretty, you, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> no, you should be. If, you, if you're not part of our Facebook group, you should be. Right now, Ray's going through the Psalms and does a really good job. It's not a long posting. Yeah. You can read it. It's bite-sized, but it's good, and it's devotional, and it'll help you. Well, and you know, I got a little bit of a quandary coming up. I'm getting close to 119. Yeah, I'm going to have to divide that up. Probably the way they did it, the the way they did it, the, uh, using the alphabet. Right. So, <laughs> so I might go through a whole month. Yeah. <laughs> to just do uh, Psalm 119. I did 110 today. Boy, I didn't realize. Do you know how many times uh, Psalm 110 is quoted in the New Testament? There's 17 different references. Wow. Most of them to verse one. Uh, I'm glad you answered that because I hope you weren't waiting for me to answer because I really didn't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, now that I'm showing my ignorance, 
All right, we are actually running. We only went through two questions. Oh, well. But let's get one more in. Right. This comes from Twitter. Um, and our friends at the Reformatory Podcast, uh, John Loftus, and I can't remember, Jack uh, something. Sorry, John Jack. Loftus? Loftus. Um, what? I'm getting that right, right? Yeah, jo- Josh. Josh. Oh, Sorry, I was going to say. Sorry. Because John um, Loftus is in <laughs> Christian Bunny. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but uh, Josh Loftus, who I, I, I think I've met in a Zoom call, uh, ironically, with another podcast, um, the Gut Check Podcast, and uh, he wants to know um, why people should subscribe to the Reformatory. And so I appreciate the fact that he's trying to basically steal our customer base here, our listener base. Um, but I will say, I've listened to the po- I, I can't say I listen every week. Sorry, Josh and Jack. Um, but I have what I have listened to, um, I've enjoyed. And so go check out the Reformatory Podcast. Um, if you're reformed, you like it. If you're just, if you're interested in inane, irreverent humor, um, go check out the Reformatory Podcast. And uh, only when you're done con- catching up with your basic Bible podcast, yes. uh, then you're free to go check it out. Well, I'm raining in rain. I'm raining in rain. Yeah. Well, I, I put that under the umbrella oh, that, well, okay, okay. of the basic Bible podcast. I just wanted to make sure people understand. Yes. But this is the only place they can get raining and raised through the basic Bible podcast feed. That's so, true. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. We have a lot more. We could do uh, several more episodes, and I think we will, just based on the questions that we got here. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Ray, any closing thoughts? Um, we're closing. All right. That's a good closing thought. All right. Well, um, next week we'll be back into um, our uh, – Calvinism series, and we'll be wrapping that up soon. And be prepared because this the if I'm posting this when I think I'm posting this, um, this will be the great rebuttal episode <laughs> where I unleash Ray. It's the opposite of reigning in Ray. I I let him run free and give his rebuttal of my uh, my Calvinistic views, and then the next episode after that we clash heads, and we it's the epic struggle, the epic battle. That'll wrap this this series up. But anyway, so uh, check out our website www.basicbiblepodcast.org, and we'll post all that stuff about the Janesville, uh the Beloit Symphony Orchestra. Jane, Beloit Janesville Symphony yes, Beloit, Orchestra. Yes, Beloit comes first. Well, there's a reason for that. Because Beloit's better. No, well, Beloit College started the whole thing uh, well, back in 1953. That was a little before my time. Just two years before my time. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next time.